Welcome to Discover Grace Podcast, a service of Grace Church in Camby, Indiana. Visit us online at gracechurchonline.org. And good morning and welcome to the midweek podcast, or it could be afternoon regardless of uh, what time you're listening to it. So whether or not you're driving to work or driving back from work, we wanted to give you a little something to get you through your week here from Grace Church. And I'm joined by one of our good friends, Neil McNally, who... Um, you didn't get to hear from this week, but went on the Mexico missions trip. And for some of you guys that maybe you didn't get a chance to join us for uh, worship gatherings this weekend, or maybe you didn't just wanted to hear it again, we want to give you a moment to listen to what some of our youth experienced in a recent trip when they went to Mexico. As soon as we drove into Mexico, um, we were on a highway, and around us were just... Um, tons of houses, houses stacked upon um, other houses and um, just seeing the people that were so poor and depraved, um, I just broke down into tears honestly as we were driving in the van it just um, got broke my heart seeing all the poverty and um, how God used me through um, this mission trip. I was able to love on a lot of kids that probably don't receive the love that they should and just being able to show them um, attention and being able to focus on them just for a little while, I feel like that really was a blessing to them. The most specific thing that I really remember and I will always remember was Pastor Ramon, we prayed for this lady who had blood clots in her heart and she was gonna have to have open heart surgery to fix it and he said, you know, I told her, we're gonna heal her right now. and. He looked at me before we like put our hands on her and prayed for her. He goes, do you believe? And I, in my head, I was like, what does he mean by this? Like, and then he goes, do you believe that God can heal this woman? And it was just like a big thing because I've, I've never thought about God in that way. Like I knew he could heal people, but right then, right there, something so, so much bigger than me. And like after we prayed for her, like I just put my hand on her and like as as somebody was praying for it, like I said, I was like, God, show her, show me, heal her. And it was crazy. It, sorry, it was so beautiful. So in Mexico, there's this boy, he felt like, hanged out with me a lot, and it looks like he's never had a hat. And he always would take my hat off my head. So at the end of the week, before we left, I gave him my hat when I gave it to him. I'm pretty sure he started crying because he went off to the side. It was just so happy, it filled me with joy. In Mexico, we were able to evangelize to the people, and while I was there, um, we saw a family. It was a, a grandmother, a mother, and a son. And the mother had cholesterol issues, and so um, we all got together, and we just laid hands on her, and we prayed. And we prayed so hard that the presence of God just flew through us. And by the end of the prayer, we were all weeping and praising God and just feeling His presence. And it was it was incredible to be able to witness that and feel His presence not only go through me, but go into this woman and give her peace about her family. Something I've always been, well not always, but lately I've been really asking God to do for me was that I'd be able to see people through His eyes um, in a way that I can't really do by myself and I like I just I really wanted to just see with his love and um, being able to see the people down there um, 
in Mexico, just, just out of pure love, just to see their faces was just something really beautiful, and God really did do that. He opened my eyes to be able to see, and it wasn't just the people in Mexico, which I really hope that our country, like, just, just so many people that we get over this fear we have because there's so many beautiful people, but it wasn't just them, but it was like the people in my group, I was able to watch them and see them experience things they maybe never have experienced and just see them love. And I was able to just take joy through their joy and just able to see them as God did. And that was really special for me because I would struggle at times like, oh, God's not using me. I would like, I feel like, oh, like maybe a little jealous or something like that. But then somehow I was able to just be purely loving and joyful for seeing other people being used by God. When we were evangelizing, Pastor Ramon looked up and said, thank you, God, for the heat. And Grace and I looked at each other really confused because we were sweating through our shirts and I could feel my arms getting sunburnt. And Pastor Ramon just said, thank you for everything that was happening. And it just reminded me that I need to be thankful for things even though I don't like them. It was neat to see the impact to uh, the family, you know, building the house, of course. Uh, but going door to door, getting to talk with the people. Uh, it was amazing how willing they were to, how receptive they were to hearing the message. We invited them to a neighborhood meeting um, in, a, in a parking lot and uh, 75 people showed up and over 20 received Christ. It was, uh, it was a pretty amazing thing. So in Mexico, I was able to give my testimony about uh, me going through cancer. And after I gave that, um, many women and men came forward to ask for prayer about healing and I feel like God used me uh, through my testimony to have these people come and ask uh, for the healing that God gave to me. In Mexico, God allowed me to be able to connect with the kids and work on speaking their language so that I could share his word to them more. God also allowed me to share my testimony for the first time ever, which was amazing because uh, it was very hard to do, but I knew that he was with me. When we were in Mexico, I saw God do so many incredible things. Um, for example, one day we got to go out and invite people in an area where there are no churches, and we were able to share the gospel with them, and we saw many people come to Christ for the first time, and we were able to hand them Bibles and purple books for discipleship so that um, they can learn and grow in their faith and and become part of a new church that's being planted in their community. I got to pray for a woman and the Holy Spirit was just going crazy and the presence of God was just really real. I think the number one thing that I want everyone to know is that when you read the news right now or you watch television, so many people are down about there's no hope. And I was able to witness these children, our students here at Grace, and Watching what they do and the fruit that they bear and the seeds that they planted both in Mexico and in themselves was just incredible to see and witness. They are the future and the hope of this world and so there is so much to be happy about and so much good news to spread. And they encouraged me and motivate me to get the word out that to make sure that our youth 
have all the support that they need so that they can continue to share the love and the glory of God without hesitation, because that's exactly what our youth here at Grace did. I feel the burden. And those were some experiences that I know these guys will take on for a lifetime. And, you know, Neil, you were there with these guys, and one of the things that I loved hearing is that not a single one of these guys and a lot of times you'd expect from youth that you would hear, well, we ate some really cool, cool food or there's this, these really cool sites or we saw this, but every single one of them, you could tell sincerely that they were moved by what they saw God do. Neil, what did you see there that, that God did? What, uh, what kind of experiences did you have? I was just really uh, excited by the interaction between our group and our translators and the uh, local people, the neighbors and friends of the family that we uh, worked on the house with, um, and then just the interaction when the kids would go out in the neighborhood and invite the other neighbors to the VBS location for the afternoon after we would get done building for the day, and how many kids showed up. And I couldn't tell you how many piggyback rides our youth gave <laughs> that week, but I'm sure it's in the hundreds because at times Miguel, one of our translators, would have three kids on his back at once. Wow. And I, you know, even on the job site when the when there was breaks in the action because we couldn't all work all the time, the kids would interact with the neighborhood kids and with the families' kids and be, you know, it's just really interesting to see them cross that cultural and uh, language barrier to interact with these uh, kids and their parents and the smiles on the parents faces at the VBS was very apparent as they just watched their kids getting the message of Jesus from our kids you know yeah. and their kids were anywhere from you know toddler to 12 13 years old so just the interaction was outstanding Mm. And a lot of growth. You can tell that the some of these some of these youth they they really came back changed from from what they experienced, and, and there's a lot of growth that they had just just seeing things through the eyes of a of a different culture of people, and and even right off the bat hearing Hannah talk about just that impact of seeing. Uh, you know, we get isolated here, and we see houses, and we have what we expect to be cities and towns and neighborhoods, and. And I guess, you know, for Hannah, seeing those houses, just she, she caught it. She even did the, the, the little air quotes, houses, because um, from what you guys saw, this the, these aren't houses of what we would think. And, and I think Nate even talked about um, even, a, even the experience of asking when you guys are on the site, where do I throw this away? And people were saying, well, just throw it there on the ground and how awkward that was because we don't think about that. But... So it, it's it's different conditions that you guys are in. Did that, that make things difficult? Um, it's definitely an, an adjustment, and it not only made an impact on our youth, but it made an impact on the adults in two ways. One, for me personally, going, wow, this is just really bare-bones survival for a lot of these people with what they have because mm. it's – Literally, it's a plywood shack with a nylon tarp for a roof. And all that really does is keep the sun off of them. It doesn't 
keep the dirt out, doesn't even keep the rain out, really. Um, so what that impacted me, and then to see the kids' eyes open to what, how these other people were living, and even the conditions at the uh, ranch where we stayed. I mean, it was 100 degrees during the day, 80-some degrees at night, and there's flies everywhere, and there's no air conditioning, and the water pressure in the shower sometimes is good, sometimes mm. not so good, <laughs> you know. Um, but these kids never complained, mm. you know, and typically I see, you know, teenagers complain because that's what teenagers do, but these guys and girls never complained. They just kept soldiering on, and it was a good example of the hands and feet of Jesus watching these guys, and they always had a smile on their face, and they were always up to the challenge and up to the task. So for me, it was a good realization because a lot of times you hear every generation of, of human beings in your life, my parents, myself, looking at the next generation going, boy, they really need to pick it up and they need to step it up. Well, my attitude towards the younger generation changed on this trip. It was a me thing. It's not as much a them thing. I wasn't seeing everything through the eyes I should have been using. So it was great, great change. Yeah. Well, with your permission, I'm, I'm going to pry for just a minute because I, I, I hear that's not the only attitude that changed. You, you, you and I had a little discussion this past week, I think, uh, uh, when you came by my office, and, and, and you were talking and, and said something that isn't just specific to you. I think it, it really denotes a lot of people. It's easy for, for me as a pastor to talk about go and go into, go into all the world and, you know, obey the Great Commission and preach the gospel, and that's what we're called to do. But um, if you're in the, in, in the lay world, it's not that easy. That's not what you've, you know, that's not what you're paid to do, so to speak. And you even said that this kind of was a little bit rough for you starting out because you don't feel yourself to be the evangelist type. You, you talk about that if you don't mind. Well, I, I can talk about it and also give an example. It's the day that we were supposed to go um, with Pastor Ramon, who's doing some church planning in a town that has no churches. Their first Sunday service was literally the Sunday we got there. Mm. He held a service. Um, so we went on Thursday morning with him to go door to door and invite people to come hear the word of Jesus. That's completely outside of my comfort zone. Not something I want to do. As a matter of fact, earlier in the week, I was trying to figure out, well, if we're not, don't have enough done on the house, I'll go work on the house because that's, <laughs> you know, that's what I do. And that's what I'm comfortable with using my hands. But that morning I just prayed about it and said, no, I'm, I'm not going to come up with that excuse. I'm going to go ahead and go. And I'm so thrilled that I did because the interaction we had with local people that day was just outstanding. You know, we had a little three-year-old boy at the first door we knocked on talking to our translator, and he was going a mile a minute, and he's standing there in his Chicago Bulls shirt and his basically his underpants, and he's talking to us, and the last thing he says to our translator is, be safe, take care of your friends, make sure they're safe. This is coming from a three-year-old. Wow. So that was just, okay, we really are supposed to be here. And him and his family did come 
to the gathering. And it's the first time I've ever been to a sermon in the parking lot of basically what was a Best Buy store. That's not the name of it there, but I forget what it was. But we were just in the parking lot. And after about 40 minutes of walking around door to door, we ended up with around 75 people in that parking lot hearing the word of Jesus that they may never have heard if it wasn't there. And um, four of us gave our personal testimony to that group. And um, my daughter was one of them. And it's the first time she's done it publicly. So she was very emotional afterwards. And there were some women in the crowd that came over. And as my daughter was crying on my shoulder, they tapped me on the arm and basically made a motion. We want to hug your daughter. So Maddie turned around and these women took turns hugging her and telling her they loved her and how wonderful she was. So it definitely pulls at your heartstrings. So I can't say enough to somebody that, as a friend of mine says, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not doing it right. So I encourage people to try and step outside of their comfort zone. And, you know, maybe it's on a smaller scale to start with, but just being able to give your testimonies to why your life is so much better because Christ is in your life and he is in you makes such a big difference getting up every day. Mm. So I just encourage people to go out there and stretch their box and swallow their pride and their ego and just go for it. Just talk about why your heart feels like it does to Yeah, and how easy is that? I mean, you talked about being the hands and feet, and sometimes we think that, well, I can't write a sermon. I can't do things like that. And, uh, but we don't have to do things like that. I mean, you, you mentioned piggyback rides. I mean, how easy is that just to give something as easy as a piggyback ride? I mean, I, I think of uh, James Pell when, um, when he was talking about the story of the boy with the hat and and giving him the hat and how 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 many years may it be or months down the road uh, it may not be now but that boy may look at that hat and one of these days realize that there's a group of people that came here and loved me and they loved God and because they loved me I want to know more about this God I mean how how easy is that? And yet we think that it's all about preaching. Sometimes it's the actions that we do. Everybody's looking right at you, and they know who you are. You're 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 the house builders. So it's uh, they look for that interaction. I think more so than not, because they see that you know they know why we're there, and they see w- what is being done by these groups of. Christians that come and build these houses and um, do the Bible study, you know, with the kids. So it's 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 a a fantastic interaction. I can't say that enough. We actually used Sunday's video in our morning work meeting at our business today, just so that we could share that and encourage our employees to be involved in things, whether it be locally, on a small scale, or internationally, whatever they feel like they can stretch their comfort zone to. 
Neil, what would you say to that person that's kind of been on the fence, kind of straddling the fence about, you know, I don't know if I can do an international trip. I don't know if I can go to a place like Mexico. I don't know if that's within my comfort zone. What would you say to kind of nudge them lovingly off of that fence now knowing what you know about having gone to Mexico and having experienced these things? What would you say to them? Um, I would just say that you're selling yourself short if you don't feel like you have what it takes to go do that. Because having your faith and living out your faith will take you through anything that you're going to see. And it it changes you. It definitely changes you. Um, it's overwhelming at times during the trip from an emotional standpoint, at least it was for me. But it's it just fills your heart with so much joy that you can see that we can make a difference in people's lives that maybe have never met Jesus. Just seeing 25 people who've never owned a Bible walk up in a parking lot after a 45-minute sermon from a bunch of people who look nothing like us from from across the northern border, they come and bring these Bibles and they give the sermon and they want those Bibles and those workbooks so that they can learn Jesus' word and just knowing that you helped somebody become a Christ follower is I think all the reward there is needed and you definitely feel it because you see the, you see the change on their on their face. And that's one of the cool things that that I that I hear in what you're saying. You know, you talk about the the Bibles and, and how people they came and they wanted the Bibles just because you asked for them to come. And I've got to think, Neil, that there are people in this world, and, and research backs it up, and research tells us that there are a ton of people that would come to church if we just asked them. If we just said, hey, would you want to come to church with us? Um, and, and yet we don't because we're afraid for whatever reason that if we don't say anything or if we say something that we're going to really push people away. But you're telling me that there are people in this world that wanted Bibles, that wanted God's Word because you asked them to come. You interrupted their day and asked them to come someplace. And it didn't take you going to Mexico to do that. Um, you you could do that here, and and we're so glad that a group of people went to Mexico. But Neil, what would you say to that person that says, you know, I I can't go to Mexico for whatever reason, but I don't even think that I can do that here, as we are going, as Pastor Marty says. What would you say to that person about doing missions locally here? No, it doesn't take going to Mexico. It just takes you to have faith in the message and understand what the message is. The message is that Jesus loves all of us, no matter who we are or who we think we are. And a lot of times it's who we think we are gets in the way or who we think our neighbor is gets in the way. Maybe that neighbor's just dying for you to talk because they see you go to church every Sunday. They learn where you're going. They, they hear what you're doing then they probably are too prideful to ask. You know, for me personally, 
uh, I was baptized in this church six years ago, and it was because somebody brought the message to me. Somebody encouraged me. And when I walked in the door after several different churches, this felt like home. So the message you we have to we have a responsibility to deliver the message, and if if somebody is offended by the message. That's not anything you can control. That's in their heart, and they have to work that out. Sure, and we, we thank you so much for sharing your story, Neil. And if you don't mind, I want to pray for us. I want to pray for you and your family, too, as well. And and just uh, that God will continue to just uh, enrich your experiences as you process everything that uh, occurred in Mexico. And I want to pray for, for you, our listeners, too, as well. So let's, let's pray. God, I just uh, thank you for Neil. I thank you for his family. I thank you that you um, equipped him to be able to go as he is going and that he chose to go into Mexico to carry your message to your people. God, I just ask that you would uh, be with his family, um, that over the next few weeks even, that you would continue to allow them to process everything that you have done through them and God, that lives would be impacted um, discontinuously in a domino effect because of the seeds that were planted there, because of their obedience in going. God, I pray for each one of us that we would find people, even today, that we could find to encourage, to spread your word to, because that is what we have been called to do. God, we love you. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, that's our podcast for the day. Go out and have a great day and love people as you are going. In the Camby, Indianapolis area, visit us Sundays at 930 or 11 a.m. as we gather together at 4172 East Allison Road in Camby. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Podcast.